0: welcome to the key wealth matters podcast a series of candid conversations with leading experts about how individuals and organizations can grow and protect their finances tailored around current events and trends here's your host for today's podcast brian peter angelo welcome to the key wealth matters weekly podcast where we
1: casually ramble on about important topics including the markets the economy human ingenuity and almost anything under the sun giving you the keys to unlock the mysteries of the markets and investing Today is Friday, October 14th, 2022. I'm Brian Peterangelo, and welcome to the podcast. With me today, I'd like to introduce our panel of investing experts here to provide their insights on this week's market activity. And as we are in the midst of the Major League Baseball playoffs, today we have George Mateo, Chief Investment Officer as our leadoff hitter, and Steve Haight, Head of Equities in the on-deck Circle. As a reminder, a lot of great content is available on Key.com slash Wealth Insights, including updates from our Wealth Institute on many different subjects and especially our Key Questions article series addressing a relevant topic for investors each Wednesday. In addition, if you have any questions or need more information, please reach out to your financial advisor. As we take a look at this week's economic news, initial unemployment claims for the week increased minimally from previous levels and remained fairly consistent with the past few months, reflecting the continued tight labor market. Nominal retail sales were essentially flat for September and the major news yesterday centered around the much anticipated consumer price index inflation report, which showed headline CPI increased month over month in September and remained at a persistent 8.2 percent year-over-year not providing any relief or reduction as market participants had hoped core inflation which excludes volatile food and energy components also increased again for september at 6.6 percent versus august at 6.3 percent driven by increases in shelter medical care and transportation and in a surprise reaction to the news the stock market actually had a significant rally and we will get steve's take on why that occurred but let's start with george for your thoughts on the economic data and the markets
2: well, you're right to kind of point out some of the big uh, economic events of the week, Brian. I think, of course, inflation is probably top of mind for many people. So let's tackle that one first. Uh, you know, it, it's it's clear that anybody that thought inflation was going to be rolling over this time this year have been proven wrong. Uh, inflation is pretty persistent, pretty broad based too. Um, there are some some signs that we're starting to see maybe some glimmers of uh, of, of inflation coming down a little bit but um, clearly the numbers were were hotter than expected. I think twice as much expected on a month over month basis. I think if you kind of look through some of the numbers in in a little more detail, you can take a microscope out and kind of parse through some of the data. The thing that jumped out at me, I think that maybe probably surprised people um, mostly was actually in the housing part of the overall um, mix of of inflation. You know, it's it's modestly rising compared to other things. I mean, we still have energy prices up a lot. Uh, Food is also rising quite a bit. Other commodities as well. But housing by this time, I think, was expected or was thought to start to, uh, to be peaking given some of the pressures in the mortgage market, what we're seeing with respect to mortgage rates and, and other general housing activity. And actually, it accelerated month over month. It's rising up roughly about 7% per year now. Um, I still think that probably it's going to start to come off a little bit because the housing market, as we mentioned, has been under some pressure. Uh, for much of this year, uh, kind of ahead of actually the Federal Reserve um, tightening interest rates, we've seen housing come off a little bit. So it's kind of surprising to see some of that kind of bleed through a little bit. Um, not sure exactly what uh, is responsible for that, but I think that was one thing that people are probably kind of focusing on more so going forward that maybe explains some of the rally that we saw yesterday. In other words, again, housing is likely to come down a little bit from its peak. Uh, some of the inflationary pressures there are starting to weaken a little bit. And maybe the market, I guess, Steve, was kind of thinking that, gee, maybe this is kind of a peak or maybe near the peak with respect to inflation. I mean, again, looking yesterday, it was pretty remarkable to see on Thursday markets opened down some 2 percent. So down by 10 o'clock in the morning, it was down roughly 2 percent. And then throughout the day, it really reversed and had an update of almost 3 percent. So we've seen a swing of of five percentage points in in one day. How do you explain yesterday's uh, rally? And do you think it's sustainable?
3: So it's really hard to explain. Let's put it that way. And I'll, I'll put that out there, right, right up front. But, you know, the, the price action, whether it's sustainable or not, I, I, to be honest, don't believe that it is sustainable, number one. And number two, to me, it still looks like classic bear market price action, George. So, you know, when we get rallies of multiple percentage points, whether it's, um, you know, an intraday move like 5% like we saw yesterday, low to high, or whether it's uh, some other type of, of, of large rally, uh, typically those occur, large, the largest percentage moves occur in, in bear markets. So that's, that's point number one. Point number two, the downside number that we saw the market hit very early in the trading session yesterday, 34.75-ish, Basically got to the top end of what the the let's call it the target range that market technicians uh, were were looking for in terms of downside moves that the market could make. so we we fulfilled that, right? And I, I think when we you, you we got a clear negative surprise on the number, we hit a downside technical target, but then did not proceed to follow through went to the downside, uh, even more. And we had massive positioning short by hedge funds and other people coming into the newsprint yesterday morning, uh, expecting the number to be bad. And when we didn't get that follow through to the downside, it was like Katie bar the door to go the other direction, right. So like the the information that I've seen from a number of the trading desks uh, via some some notes and other things this morning and yesterday afternoon, was that there was really not much "quote unquote" real money buying that drove that action yesterday. There was not long onlys committing new fresh capital because they see an improvement in fundamentals. It was largely driven by short covering, where we saw uh, where we saw. Uh, hedge funds de-risking after coming in uh positioned short into the CPI print yesterday morning, uh, and then pe- peeling those positions off is that their their levered positions went against them during during the trading session. And it just accelerated in the afternoon. Uh, it just got them capitulating on on their uh being short-term positioned on the wrong foot. So uh, I think that it's uh, clearly, obviously, it's better to have a positive day like yesterday than it is to have a negative day. But I think that it, we have to be really careful about reading too much into it in terms of uh, overall significance for, for intermediate to longer-term market
2: direction here. So you talked about some of the people, the positions, I guess, or, or traders basically they have positions on right now that are short. You know, there's something that kind of caught my attention, Steve, that I'd love to get your take on too. And, and that has to do with this notion that, people that were uh, using, I guess, their free time and excess capital to really kind of bid up some of these meme stocks a couple of years ago um, was kind of all the rage where we saw a lot of speculation come into a certain number of companies. And I saw a headline the day that suggested that those same investors, day traders, if you will, they're not really investors, they're traders, have kind of piled into a bunch of short positions right now. Um, and so they're really kind of pushing down the market, perhaps on a negative side. And And maybe there's a contrarian signal in there, but at the same time, you know we actually have a significant amount of headwinds facing this but did you have you seen anything like that as well that kind of seen, that speaks to um, folks that are really kind of using short term technicals and other things to just really kind of be short the market basically and what is that what's the rethrow on that
3: so you you're you you're correct the way that I've used to try to track this because it it's kind of hard to do when you look at the at the individual company level is to take a look at uh, overall options volume and to look at call options volume and put options volume because the the meme stock crew has tended to use the options market to magnify the the bets that they've been placing on these on these names, these securities. Um, and if you go back and you look at the options volume since the start of the pandemic call option volume exploded right i think you you probably remember me sharing charts like that in the key charts this week Uh, i'm going to use the options chart again this week as this deck uh, goes out and i was actually surprised george to see that uh put option volume here within the last couple weeks has actually exceeded call option volume and both of them remain at, at high levels so to me, it shows that people have really started to embrace this idea of playing the short side of the market. You very rarely see put option volume exceeding call option volume. And to see it explode the way that it has to excessive levels, like I mean, I, I've never seen put option volume like this before. Um, it does suggest that, again, that people were probably piled in too far on one side of the boat here. Um, and it kind of acted as tinder uh, for a, a that 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 fearsome rally that we saw yesterday.
2: Yeah. So, and just to clarify, you know, people buy puts thinking that a stock price or an index or some kind of security is going to go down. Um, just to reiterate that point. But you know, sentiment has gotten pretty bad otherwise too. You have talked about some of those indicators that you watch. Also, on the flip side, though, we've had a couple big big M um, and A deals this week. You know, one in the uranium energy space. Another one this morning in the grocery/slash consumer space. And you know, it's a it's a big check they're writing, some $20 billion. So I would kind of think that maybe if you know the boardroom, you know, CEOs, CFOs are are bullish. Um, I guess well, I said it a different way, if if they weren't um, if they were bearish in the economy, you know, they probably wouldn't be spending that kind of money. So I don't know, to me, that suggests that there's some positivity with respect to Corporate activity um, outside of that. What do, you, what do you make of that, Steve? Well, it's
3: positive activity in two specific areas of the market for sure. So the the, the there was a, a large energy slash specialty materials uh, deal. Um, and, and clearly I think there was a message being sent there that that, that there is a, a positive future for the the specific specialty metal, namely uranium that 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 was in that a particular uh, in that particular series of transactions. and you know we the nuclear energy, I think people are starting to come around to the idea that that's likely going to be a a a main contributor to the to a low carbon future. Um, so so clearly, there was a a big bet placed there by by both a, a energy market participant as well as a, a very, very large private equity uh, firm. so, clearly they have a point of view they're reflecting and then the 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 deal in the grocery space um i i think it 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 signals that number one that they think inflation is going to be persistent and number two that they want to try to take cost out of the supply chain wherever possible maybe get some more economies of scale um so i think that the 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 message here at least on both of those that i take is one that corporate the these two uh two sets of corporate uh, chieftains believe that that inflation is likely going to be persistent, um, and they're trying to position their firms to benefit from an environment that is likely going to uh, see uh, inflation persistently higher than maybe what the Fed's targeting for a longer period of time. You know, I we've we've talked before, George. I I, I still think that we, we we're
2: on track for that four percent is the new two percent. Yeah, meaning that inflation is not going to come back down to the Fed target of two percent. It's going to kind of hover, maybe something closer to four. You know, at the same time, you've seen um, the fiscal response being kind of uh, muted of late in terms of what uh, other governments are doing. You know, the UK was a whole other situation that we talked about for the last few weeks or so, and this morning again we're seeing another reversal there too. The bond, the bond market volatility, I think, should not be dismissed either. I mean. And that's what I think makes this environment really, really tricky in the sense that stocks are down, bonds are down, and there really isn't too many places to hide. Do you think that um, you think we're going to continue to see some of this volatility in the bond market, or is that uh, is that likely to abate sometime later this this year? Well, I mean, I think we've we've clearly broken out above
3: um, above some key market levels in the bond market, um, and as long as we see uh, in a a a fed that is willing to to surprise us to the upside it seems like there's going to be there's going to be continued pressure there the 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 thing that we continue to focus on is the the health of the credit markets um and whether or not we're going to get a true credit cycle this time in terms of seeing defaults pick up Um, and i i continue to watch that triple c relative to single b to, to look for uh, signals that we're going to see a default cycle, um, and and there continues to be uh, those those triple C's relative to B single B's continue to look like they're they're, they're telling us that 2023 is going to be a, a rough one relatively speaking. So you know I think that we we continue to uh, to think that volatility in a bond market is here to stay. You know, that really continues this. It it continues this whole thing of creating a real conundrum for investors, George, where you've got equity markets behaving like they did yesterday and bond markets really not providing you that ballast to your portfolio whatsoever, protecting the downside. I mean, this double whammy that we've gotten this year, it's just remarkable to look at the performance of these quote unquote diversified portfolios.
1: And we'd be remiss after the last five months every time there's a cpi print we always talk about the next upcoming fomc meeting. so the probabilities are rising for another 75 basis point hike what are your thoughts steve uh, steven and and, and george what are your thoughts
3: i hear 100 do i hear 100 (laughs) right i mean that's the the it i i think that you know we've got clearly the last we've got this last blast of inflation uh, data before we get to the next meeting um, I think they'll go 75 they won't they won't surprise the market and go 100 but I think they'll talk about it and try to maybe spin it and then in the in the press release or the discussion after that they did talk about it. Um, I, th- I think that this idea that 50 in December and 25 in in January, though, is probably going to be off the table They're they're likely going to be going um, with higher numbers than than both of those at this point. Uh, I I don't think that there's any way that they can they can back away from that. So there's not going to
2: be a pivot. What do you think, George? Yeah, I, I think that the pivot talk has probably been pushed out at, at the very least. I mean, I am uh, struck by the fact that there were two pretty loud voices from the, the Fed Bureau of Speakers, if you will, the Fed Speaker Bureau this week, that suggests that they're getting a little bit concerned about overdoing it. Right, um, One person in particular was out saying that, We've got to be careful that we don't do too much because they just don't know the impact that they're having at this point um you know usually interest rates work with this thing called a unpredictable and long lag meaning it takes you know a very uh, certain amount of time i guess not a certain lot maybe a year or so for this uh, economy of ours to really kind of figure out how much has been impacted by higher interest rates but that being said i think there's just so much uncertainty that they don't even really know kind of what they're doing with respect to interest rates. So I think we've got to be very careful here. And I think they they implicitly know that, um, but at the same time, they want to be very careful about inflation um, uh, as well. So it's a really tricky situation they're in. I think for investors, it's, it's really important to stay super diversified, having the dry powder, um, thinking beyond traditional uh, stocks and bonds to try and find places to hide. And one thing also that we've talked about from time to time as well is being pretty active in terms of your portfolio right now. Active management right now, I think is actually doing somewhat better. So if you can actually be somewhat positioned uh, to be um, opportunistic when opportunities arise, but maybe even have a value bias in certain things uh, in the equity portfolios, You know, I think there are there are ways to try and provide some protection, but it is a really tough environment. And for that reason, again, I really kind of hang my head on being really diversified uh, to try and insulate a portfolio in this environment.
1: Well, George and Steve, thanks for your insights. We appreciate it. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Key Wealth Matters podcast through your favorite podcast app. And as always, past performance is no guarantee of future results. And we know your financial situation is personal to you. So reach out to your relationship manager, portfolio strategist, or financial advisor for more information, and we'll catch up with you next week to see how the world and the markets have changed
0: and provide those keys to help you achieve your financial success. The Key Wealth Matters podcast is produced by the Key Wealth Institute. The Key Wealth Institute is comprised of a collection of financial professionals representing key entities including key private bank, key bank institutional advisors, key private client, and key investment services. Any opinions, projections, or recommendations contained herein are subject to change without notice and are not intended as individual investment advice. This material is presented for informational purposes only and should not be construed as individual tax or financial advice. Bank and trust products are provided by Key Bank National Association, member FDIC, and Equal Housing Lender. Key private Bank and KeyBank Institutional Advisors are part of KeyBank. Investment products, brokerage, and investment advisory services are offered through Key Investment Services LLC or KISS, member of FINRA, SIPC, and SEC Registered Investment Advisor. Insurance products are offered through KeyCorp, Insurance Agency USA, Incorporated or KIA. KISS and KIA are affiliated with KeyBank. Investment and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not bank guaranteed, may lose value, not a deposit, not insured by any federal or state government agency. KeyBank and its affiliates do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult their personal tax advisor before making any tax-related investment decisions. This content is copyrighted by KeyCorp 2022.